0: Hi everyone, my name is Julia, this is Roberto and this is Elisa, and we have Beaten the Often Path by creating a bee box that allows you to manage bees in a safer way.
1: Welcome back to the Beat the Often Path podcast, the show where we feature unusual success stories, often with an entrepreneurial and eco-friendly slant to help us see the bigger picture of our life's work and mission. My guest today is not one, but three people from being an Italian startup revolutionizing the way bees are kept and tracked and so much more. As it turns out, bees are just a little bit more remarkable than we've ever known, and I think you'll agree after this episode that this small company founded by Roberto Passi and Gabriele Garavini are really setting about doing something worthwhile. So I can't wait to introduce you today to Roberto, Julia, and Elisa from Being. Pleasure to meet you all. This is my first episode where we've had three people, so it's going to be very exciting. I'm expecting tons of extra knowledge today. Uh, thank you for joining me. How are you all doing?
2: Great. Good. Good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How are you?
1: I am doing very well. It's evening for you, morning for me. There's a big time difference. You are all in Italy. What part of Italy? Uh,
0: we're in Cesena, so it's near Bologna, a little bit um, southern.
1: Okay. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Tell us about the concept that you have started.
0: Okay. (laughs) Um, So basically, the company was created by Roberto and Gabriella. They met in um, a startup accelerator. So they created this project together because Gabriela has a good knowledge of software engineering and Roberto is a beekeeper. So they came together and combined their forces and created this bee box right here. So the main three points and how it's different from a regular beehive Is that basically what we have over here is a transparent, like a transparent wall. So it has three walls that are transparent, which allows you to, like, see the bees and what they're doing, like, basically constantly. Like, I mean, they're also having, like, covered, you can cover them with wood, like, um, covers. So you can, like, open it up and see what's going on inside. Um, The chimney, which is 2.2 meters high, which is around, uh, like, how many feet?
1: Seven feet? Six, seven, maybe? Six, seven.
0: seven. Yeah, something like that. Um, so basically what happens is the bees, instead of coming, coming in from here, from the bottom, they come in from the top. So you don't really get up close to the entrance of the bees, and they don't really care, like, what's going on around the hive. So therefore you can, like, come close to it, open the walls, check inside. And the main thing is the honey harvesting system. So basically how it works is that you have to open, like, you have to pull a lever, and which allows the bees to, like... Exit the honey harvesting system into the hive, into the main, like, nest area and no longer come back in. So you can uh, pull the lever and then you can also take out the little honeycombs without coming into contact with the bees. Um, So with any, like, with any clothes protection
1: and so. You can do it without any one of those little suits, those hazmat suits, the face protection. Okay, and they come and go via the top, the top part of it. And is that open for those who are just listening? They have one behind them right now. Is that open right now or is it shut off? <laughs> Could they come and go right now?
0: No, no, I mean, there's no, no bees. There's like, it's a sample.
1: <laughs> Cause it looks like yeah. there are bees in there. It looks definitely like yeah. those are bees. Okay. It's a prototype or a sample. Okay. Got it. But when it's outside or in real use, can they just come and go or do you shut it off sometimes? doesn't matter.
0: No, 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 we we don't shut it off. So the bees, they have to have access to the outside at all times, basically, unless you're trying to move the beehive from one area to another, then you have to close it. But usually, yeah, because they have to go out to eat and drink. So, no, you can't, like, lock them inside.
1: Huh. So when I buy this box from you and I set it up, bees just automatically start coming in?
0: Um, no, no, no. Normally how it works is you can purchase bees from a local beekeeper. Okay. I mean I think in the US you can also ship them. Hmm. But here how it works is that you purchase them yeah from a local beekeeper and usually like he comes to install it for you. So it comes on already like four or five frames and then what you have to do is just put it inside and slowly as the swarm like a group of bees grows, then you just add more add more frames and yeah that's how you populate the bee box basically.
1: Wow. Okay. So aside from it being something that you don't need protective clothing to use, which is amazing, what else is the benefit or what, what was the reason for creating this versus other alternatives?
3: Uh, the, the reason was to create something that was uh, like uh, something sim- simple, something you can use every day. Because you know, every time, uh, if you have a traditional hive, uh, whatever other model, um, to watch uh, and to have uh, the um, the opportunity to observe your bees, uh, you always have to open. And when you open a hive, they are not relaxed, they are scared. Uh, something happens, somebody remove a wall uh, of the house to watch inside. So um, it's really difficult to find a way to observe bees uh, while they are really working and not disturbing them. So uh, the idea was to create something that uh, was like um, yeah something you can keep at home, super safe, super simple. Something you can show to a friend. Something you can uh, use with uh, children. That it's uh, super okay for school, for educational projects. So the idea was to uh, have something really new that that didn't exist before to create a new experience with the bees and also something that really fit with the urban uh, environment. situation and environment. Um, in order to make also the city more comfortable for for the bees, because mm. you know, cities are not only for human. Uh, city need to be integrated with the the ecosystem, with the nature situation. So it's some it's a, we want to transform also city in a place where bees can find a good home for for them.
1: Oh
0: yeah! Another another cool thing about the bee box is basically um the honey harvesting system consists of 16 small like honeycombs so they're like this small pretty i don't know like 10 by 10 more or less and what you can do is you can take like only one at once uh you so you can like leave more honey for the bees
1: yeah well okay and is is viewing them is that just fun or is there some reason that it's nice to view them
2: um, no, let's say that uh, watching bees, uh, besides being fun, is also becomes also an educational tool uh, for, as as Roberto mentioned, uh, for uh, school environments and education environments. Uh, and so let's say that it becomes a tool to to get people closer to to nature. So we know that there is an increased interest and also need to to get close to nature and wild animals like in a responsible way. So, yeah, that's how it becomes an um, yeah, integrated tool and educational tool.
1: Wow, that's yeah. great. All right, folks, this is that moment where we stop the action just for a minute, and it's been good. Boy, I'm having fun talking to these guys. I want to interject just a quick little shameless plug for my own podcast here. I'd like to remind you that if you haven't done so already, please stop right now, rate this podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Spotify, on YouTube, subscribe anywhere you see me, anywhere you see the show, anywhere you can subscribe, and more importantly, share. Share the episodes that you like, share this episode with people who might benefit from it. Let people know about these kinds of stories and help me grow this podcast. And as always, if you know somebody with a great story that fits the model here, recommend them to me. I'm always looking for new, exciting guests to feature. So let's get back to the show. So we all know that bees are very unimportant. They're just annoying, right? There's no positive (laughs) benefit to bees,
0: right? (laughs) Or, Or is
1: there? What's so great about bees?
2: Yeah, so basically uh, bees and other pollinator insects are fundamental for the earth ecosystem because of their pollinating um, uh, activities. Uh, so it's impressive if we think about that about 70% of worldwide food depends on bees and pollinating, pollinators in general. Uh, so that means that if bees uh, disappeared, uh, then we wouldn't have uh, food on our table, and yeah, it, there would not be the the biodiversity and the Earth ecosystem as we
0: know it today. So, yeah.
1: So I guess they're a little bit important then, just <laughs> yeah. a little bit important. So seventy percent. So do you, do you really believe? I know there's that quote that says if all of the bees disappeared, that humans would disappear shortly after. Do you believe that?
0: I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah,
2: okay. like, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> there, there would not be the, as mentioned, the, the world as we know. So, for sure, we, we should get rid and we should renounce to a lot of foods, nuts, uh, fruits, and vegetables. So, and yeah, and in the long term, for sure, the, we would probably disappear for real. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. Because certain foods, I mean, yeah, like you said, fruits, nuts, blueberries, other things exclusively pollinated by bees, no other possible alternative.
0: Yeah, maybe some other
3: insect, but it's not the same performance. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, a farmer without bees can can reduce his production up to 70%. So um, maybe the wind too can pollinate a, a bit, but it's not really the same.
1: That makes so sense. it's also
3: a, a really big economy problem.
1: Okay, yeah. And it... Uh, you know, if you've heard anything about bees in the last five years, we seem to be facing some kind of crisis at the moment regarding bees. So, what's the story there?
3: So, there are a lot of issues related to bees. It's uh, first of all, you need farmer to produce uh, enough. They need to use a lot of chemical product, and of course, these chemical product. Uh, uh, are going to kill the insects that uh, create problem for fruit, uh, vegetable, and so on, but are also creating some problem to good insects like uh, the bees. Uh, another big problem for bees, but pollinator in general, is related to the climate change. So climate change, uh, for example, is uh, changing the, the color of flowers. So there are some type of insects that are not even more able to um, recognize the, the flower they need to, to go. So um, yeah there are different problems that are overlapping each other creating big issue for pollinator in general.
1: Okay. It, has it reached the point that it's a crisis or is there still time?
3: It's a, it's a crisis but um there is still time because um, the the bees are mainly managed by human by beekeeper. So okay. uh, on a bee yeah so every year there is somebody that uh, uh, start repopulating because uh, for different reasons because it's their work, but also because it's important. So it's a crisis, but I think we we still have a, a way to get out of it. But we we need to do something and uh, and immediately and immediately.
0: Yeah, there's also the issue with disease. So like varroa, for example, is pretty widespread, and like beekeepers, they always have to use some kind of um, what do you call like treatments to treat varroa. Otherwise, like, it'll just take over the hive and, yeah, so this is also a big issue.
1: Okay, there's a, that's a bee disease, a bee-specific disease that they get?
0: Yeah, it's a type of mite Oh interesting. on the bees, yeah.
1: Okay. And is it also true that they're being attacked by other things like these aggressive wasps, the, the murder hornets or various other hornets, they're being killed by those as well? Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's a consequence of the, globalization process, because, uh, you know, maybe this type of insect that are able to keep killing the bees, uh, maybe 10 years ago, lives just in one uh, state, in one area, Uh, people are moving, uh, uh, guts, uh, uh, everything, so also the insects are being moved uh, around, and uh, maybe inside one container or, or in some way. So it's also a process of related to the globalization that new insects are start populating new new area, new new continent. So yeah, we, I think um, the nature itself need to find a new balance because people are changing uh, a lot of stuff. So nature itself started to creating a new situation and new balance.
1: Definitely. And and what was this? What led you to become a beekeeper, Roberto? How did you get started as an individual beekeeper? Uh, I
3: my my grandfather was a was a beekeeper, so at one point I get ten hives and I start understanding how it work. Um, what uh, what were the beekeeping uh, uh, daily activity? And um, a lot of them were really difficult and uh, also sometimes boring. And um, it was hard to me, for example, to share this opportunity with my friend, uh, to show them the bees. Uh, and I start thinking, oh, if I change uh, the hive, if I add a glass in this side, if I uh, maybe make it uh, higher, uh, if, I, if uh, I, ha- I add a chimney, maybe it's safer. So after some you know, prototype test, uh, uh, I, I think I've been lucky in finding Gabrielle that uh, was happy to share these, uh, these, uh, stories, this this uh, story, this journey with me. And uh, yeah, we start. Uh, we uh, we had been uh, brave enough to, <laughs> or crazy enough to, to to decide to start. And here we are. We are we are happy now. We have uh, like uh, five six, uh, employee, and five, six employees. and we are trying to 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 do that. And um, we are uh, we. We have a customer in over forty countries in the world, so wow. there are a lot of B box around yeah. and uh, yeah, every day we try to 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 do something better to uh, improve the, the the prototype itself uh, to change some feature no?
2: yeah yeah exactly and um, yeah we are we are happy that a lot of people believe in the project, but also we are evolving and accelerating the business because we. Uh, we are trying to to reach more and more people to create a, a real community uh, a community of responsible urban beekeepers because yeah we believe that's that's the only way for people uh, also to raise awareness on this topic you know so for us education is a is a um, yeah a mandatory and a priority so that that's why we are also moving uh, not moving but integrating our business from just a, uh products so from box, also to a series of services so we are focusing in uh, uh assistance so um, with uh, we have a uh, quite a big uh, network of professional beekeepers all around italy of course uh, <laughs> for a matter of uh, ease of logistics so, um, uh, and this and um, uh, these beekeepers are our hands and our eyes who support every day our customers and now we are also moving to providing digital online courses to, to get people more, uh, more and more knowledge because, of course, that's the only way to, on the one hand, to, to keep the, our business safe uh, among all the customers, um, but also to, uh, yeah, to, to grow together and to make the customer happier.
1: <laughs> that's great. That's wonderful. Um, when you two first met, what was the first thing? So, Roberto, you had an idea. You said, oh, maybe if we make these changes, uh, the box will be safer. Well, how did your collaboration first start? What did you both do to get started on this project in 2017?
3: In 2017, we started uh, not with the B-Box. We started working with uh, IoT devices. So we started creating some prototype to help beekeeper. keeper uh, to have um, data from remote uh, about uh, their their bees, so about their activity, uh, finding them uh, with a GPS, uh, maybe uh, have a real time notification about temperature and humidity inside. So the idea was to solve uh, some uh, issue because um, beekeeper discover what's happening at the bees only when they they go to the apiary and check in person. So the first idea was to help them having information in real time from remote. And uh, after one year, so we start with some IOT prototype that it's a product that now we are selling. And um, after that, we started working on the hive with the idea, first of all, to 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 modify it in order to have it at home and, uh, and to keep it close in order to that uh, could be how it could be safer, so the idea of the chimney and then the transparent uh, wall and uh, and so
1: on amazing. so do people who get this new box how often if I get this box and I don't wear any protective equipment, how often will I get stung? Never, once, <laughs> ten times
0: <laughs>
1: No, maybe never, depending on maybe what you do. never
0: <laughs> do,
1: do people normally <laughs> never get stung?
2: No, you shouldn't get stung because uh, bees uh, die when they stung. So of course they they have no interest in, uh, in sting. stinging. They, yeah. okay. um, so of course the, that's why we 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 are pushing for responsible beekeeping because we want to make sure that uh, that the customer are able to uh, to keep the bees safe, but they also don't get stung. <laughs> so um, so that's why it's important. Even if this bee box simplifies a lot the process, it's important to be Prepared and to have a, a, at least a basis knowledge of bees, also because of course I mean this area is uh, the, the bottom is super safe, but of course if someone goes in the front and yeah. starts shaking, right. the bees would not be would not be happy and maybe some of the um, bees that nice I might sting. But yeah, that's okay. a, yeah that's a matter of how much you you learn and you are willing to uh, to learn about bees.
1: But in theory, if I buy this box, I can just put it in my backyard. Uh, I can get the bees in there, and then do I need to do anything to maintain it, or do they just do their thing? I can harvest honey sometimes. That's yeah, it,
0: because bees take
2: good care of themselves. So basically, they do their stuff. the The swarm uh, there there are fifty thousand bees on average, so every bee uh, does his own uh, her own work. Uh, but of course, as you mentioned before, as there are sadly some new diseases uh, because of anthropic uh, and because of us, um, they need some uh, some cure, so uh, some maintenance, let's say. Yeah, but this is uh, something not really um, not really difficult and not and it's not so frequent. So we are talking about maybe uh, two, three uh, antiviral treatments per year. So it's uh, it's pretty good. Of course, it also depends on how much you you care about like heavy honey production. So if you uh, really want to like maximize pr- production, maybe you will uh, you will need some extra care. But
0: generally, yeah, the the, the bees take good care of themselves. Yeah, plus you can you can sometimes see what's what's happening in the hive thanks to the transparent walls. So you don't always have to like open it up and do whatever is going on inside, but just. By looking outside, you can already tell more or less their health—if
1: they're doing well or if they have a problem. Okay. Yeah. And and how much honey does it generate? How often do you get honey? How much honey?
0: Yeah, it it highly
2: varies from the area and from a lot of like several uh, weather conditions and temperature, humidity, and so on. So it's hard to say, but on average, you can harvest up to 20 kilos of honey per, per year. So, quite a lot.
1: Yeah. Oh, so that's way more that. than a family could ever. <laughs> that's a lot of honey. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. More than a kilo much.
1: per month. That's a lot. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. that's how many jars is that? That's a lot of jars, right? That's like 10.
2: Depends how big is the jar. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a one kilo
1: jar. <laughs> That's right. Fair enough. i walked into that one. Um, okay. Well, this is, this is really cool. How, how much does it cost for the B-Box currently?
2: It's 489 euros uh, okay. plus VAT for the countries of VAT.
1: Okay. And you ship um, all around the world. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. That's great. And I think I saw from your website that you got started. So you both self-funded, each of you put some money in to create the business, but then you also did a crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo, right? How did that go for you?
3: It was uh, an amazing experience because, uh, you know, I think that um, Indiegogo, first of all, uh, and the crowdfunding in general helped you create a community. And that's really amazing because people around the world start looking at your project uh, and start... uh, uh, trust you I think that that's the bigger value they trust you and they say okay I'm interested I make a pledge I order one and uh, they also know that uh, you are a little startup you are just starting and uh, they know that you will ship the product maybe you will ship the product I'm not sure after <laughs> one year and so um, yeah I think that the best is uh, to find people that uh, like your project and that trust you and um, so we we started. We find uh, people around the world, uh, thanks to Indiegogo, that were interested in the project. Uh, people start uh, ordering, and um, and everything started. So we we need we start to uh, finish the project. Uh, we need to find uh, a wood provider, somebody who works the wood, uh, shipping, <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything, certification. yeah, certification, uh, yeah. understand how the the border of the different country work, <laughs> so you know there are a lot of uh, uh, low about the import and export of wood. So we now we are super expert about that. But <laughs> <laughs> two year ago, no, we have no idea.
1: So of course.
3: yeah, I think it's a really a great experience, and uh, and at the end we we shipped uh, everywhere. So it's yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. There so were like
0: issues because of COVID. Of course so yeah but we we managed. So. <laughs> okay
1: i was gonna ask so it didn't affect you too much the last year and a half or however long it's been
0: i mean
2: i think not not as much as other sectors and uh, product categories because um actually uh, as we mentioned earlier uh beekeeping also becomes a, a real passion and hobby so people who got uh, sadly were <laughs> confined in their homes, uh, they also had a lot of time, um, like in a good and bad way, but at least they could dedicate more time in uh, new activities. and
1: Like beekeeping. They could,
2: beekeeping. <laughs> yeah. they could just
1: sit outside by themselves, socially distant, and start a new <laughs> hobby. Do each of you have your own bee box now? Do each of you do this individually at home?
0: Unfortunately, no, because <laughs> I live with roommates and okay. I'm pretty sure my roommates would not want to participate in, in the,
1: yeah. But you, I mean, keep if one I live inside. alone.
0: But <laughs> if, if,
1: let's say your building had a rooftop, you could set one up on the rooftop or a couple on the rooftop. If you don't have a yard yeah. or grass, you, there's other places that you could set uh, up. Even in the
2: balcony or, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Amazing. Well, the founders they have bbox
1: because they have a backyard so <laughs> okay there you go <laughs> right the backyard is key okay when you first yeah, set we up also running, yeah. mm-hmm. we are
3: also running some project with the local municipality so we have some uh, bbox uh, in uh, public park uh, and the garden so yeah there are also shared uh, bbox uh,
1: okay so yeah you, you've you've set them up around town and people can see and they can understand the project and they can yeah. learn about yeah. it that's great and it's obviously something that would be great for schools as well. Do you have yeah, them set up in schools in your local area?
2: Yeah, even for like very small, small kids, like for primary school kids, because as it's safe and so interactive, people get really a lot of fun and they learn a lot. And like, while for with like universities and campus, we, we developed together a real like research project where we also include the, um, bio, uh, air quality biomonitoring because with bees it's possible. Uh, they detect uh, the main pollutants present in the air. What? Uh, yeah, that's very very exciting. So it's uh, a kind of data and information that is very crucial uh, for, for university and schools and, of course, for the whole community. And so, yeah, that's um, a path that we are uh, taking with uh, a lot of public and private entities.
1: Incredible. So, when you say that they detect pollutants in the air, how do you yeah. know what they detect?
2: Yeah, we, you you take a sample of honey, um, and uh, and it's possible with the uh, like quite easily with the labo- either a laboratory that is one of our partners or with the university itself to from the microscope to analyze uh, what kind of pollutant there is especially like heavy metals or uh, uh, particles, like up to uh, like really like 0.01p,
1: yeah. yeah. Okay, parts per million or something like that, yeah.
2: Yeah, very, very small.
1: So if if I have one of these and I live near a major street, as I do, if I buy one of these, um, would that mean that maybe it's not safe for me to eat the honey if I live in a polluted area? would it mean uh, that it's bad for me
2: it's the other way around there's uh several studies among which one is uh, american and that's uh studied the difference between the, the honey composition uh, in urban and suburban areas and uh, yeah and the result was uh, incredible so it's been found that the urban honey is better not just because it doesn't have uh, um, the, the chemicals and um, the pesticides of uh, the, the field, the suburban areas. But uh, above all, it has a, a way higher level of um, biodiversity because in the cities, in the parks, in the gardens, in the balconies, there's a lot of, um, much more variety of flowers and plants. So the honey is way richer and the bees are actually healthier. Than uh, in the suburban area where there are like these huge fields of monoculture. So, yeah.
3: So, and the pollution you can find in the honey in the city is the same pollution that is in the air. So, it's the same pollution you inspire every day. So, uh, breathe, you breathe every day. Which is Thank already you. bad.
1: Yeah, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially here no, in so Los I mean, Angeles, don't... we have great air. Yeah. <laughs> in case you didn't know. <laughs> Um, but that's, that's, that's shocking. I would have never guessed that urban honey is actually better than rural honey. I can't believe that, but good good. for me, (laughs) I guess, because that's how bad pesticides are. What?
3: You could be a beekeeper now. (laughs) I
1: know. I want to be. I'm really excited. I'm, I'm actually going to move into a place that should have a yard. Now I'm thinking, let's do this. I'm very interested (laughs) I don't want to buy honey anymore like a sucker. I want to make my own. (laughs) I want to start selling this. I'm going to make a side business, you know? I got to earn it back. I can sell one kilo per month. Good. Um, So, okay. So you started with crowdfunding. You raised your own money. You got a successful Indiegogo launch. Then you got um, some support from an angel investor, right? And then at that point, you got another round uh, from the Emilia Romagna region financed you I saw yeah,
0: Poof. yeah. Poof. um
1: <laughs> so was it then everything just took off things started really rolling at that point
3: yeah we we can say that uh, it's um i don't know everything is going uh, but uh, we need to grow so uh yeah at, at this point the uh, covid came so other problem and um yeah, we, we are also trying to evolve the business uh, also. For example, now we have some uh, high cost uh, related to the shipping of the B-Box, because you know, it's uh, quite uh, big and heavy and it's all uh, wood, so it doesn't really make sense to ship uh, uh, something so big and heavy uh, in another continent. So now we are trying to find new solutions, also more sustainable sol- solution. Not only from the business point of view, but also from the uh, impact uh, on environmental situation point of view. Um, so, yeah, you know, you know, every day there is a some a new challenge, and um, that's why we like to run our startup, and it's really, it's really challenging and interesting.
1: <laughs> well, I think one of the most interesting things that I saw is that. There's so much in addition to this box, you have so many technological things that I never would have thought of. You've been thinking about tracking and GPS and I saw something that you have called B-Secure, which is an anti-theft device. Can you tell us what B-Secure is?
0: Okay, Um, so basically it's a really small IoT device that you put into the beehive, so into the frame itself that tracks multiple things. So first of all, the GPS location, uh, temperature humidity and we are currently working on devices that also track the sounds of the bees so they they listen to the sound of the bees and translate it into useful information for uh, beekeepers and also farmers because um, because of the whole thing with pollination um yeah and so <laughs> that's
3: that that's amazing yeah, of so technology try to help uh, beekeeper. So from one side, we try to help professional beekeeper, and the other side, we try to uh, give the opportunity to everybody to become an urban beekeeper.
1: Yeah. Whose idea was it to bring the technological part of um, this to bees?
0: Yeah, I think uh, it
2: was more uh, an idea that came together when they founded the, the whole idea itself. So I thought that they used uh, the competence of Gabriele that is a uh, Uh, informatic engineer, so his competence in uh, IoT and informatics, and they decided to combine it with the traditional knowledge of uh, Roberto uh, for the beekeeping.
1: That's amazing. And you talked about the sound, so microphones that listen to the sound of the bees. Where did that idea come from, and how would you know whether it's good or bad?
3: Because you know, professional beekeeper are used to listen the to bees before watching inside a hive, because um, it, it's like if you sit outside a stadium where there is a football match,
1: right? And
3: uh, okay, it, you can't understand what each uh, uh, people is saying, but uh, you really understand when the the local uh, football team uh, <laughs>
1: right.
3: score or something. Okay, so. Um, is the same. Professional beekeepers know that uh, uh, when they listen some strange or really high um, noise from the hive, there's something wrong. But um, for a human, it's impossible to understand uh, uh, what's the situation they're, they're mm-hmm. inside. They need to open and watch. With a microphone, uh, a lot of universities already know that uh, st- uh, university study demonstrate that uh, um, bees are talking. So bees are saying something There is this specific problem. So with some microphone and some technological device, uh, you can uh, relate uh, um, the type of noise, the type of vibration to a specific topic. Now we can understand what each bees, each single bees is saying, but we can understand the topic they are discussing about. So yeah, we are doing this, uh, this work. With the same um, goal, to, to help a professional beekeeper having information from remote. So not uh, they can understand what's happening. Also, if they are not there, if uh, they are far, uh, maybe 100 kilometers, and uh, so on. Well,
1: that's, that's really a great analogy, the soccer stadium, the football stadium. That's, that makes so much sense. <laughs> I completely get that. That's great. Um, so yeah. if you were an experienced beekeeper, this is something that you would have picked up. So if you're, you know, your parents are beekeepers, you just know this intuitively. You know, oh, they sound like something's wrong today.
3: Yeah, I know how what's a, a sound that means uh, that mean there's that something wrong and um, but uh, we came up with the idea talking with professional beekeeper because when, when you start listening to people uh, of course they said oh my my job is difficult because we have this problem this problem this problem and we said okay we we can solve all your problem of course but maybe on this topic we, we can help we know there is a technology that maybe can help we, we can try so i think that's the meaning to run a startup try to solve something that uh, that uh, somebody care about.
1: That's that's exactly it. And for our listeners who are listening, can you make the sound of a happy beehive? Go, Roberto. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sorry. You, you can find a
3: lot of, on YouTube, but uh, no, thank you. Thank you for your trust,
1: but I can't. <laughs> I was hoping for that. That's a golden moment. All right, next time, next time. Uh, <laughs> I, looked, I looked on your website and there's this chart that you have you've got eight things that your company that's this very colorful chart. And, you know, if you if you look at startups, especially eco-friendly startups, you see a lot of missions and mission statements, but you have eight pretty unbelievable things on your website. Uh, no poverty, zero hunger, good health and well-being, quality education, gender equality, clean water and sanitation, affordable and clean energy. Decent work and economic growth—that's a lot of stuff for one company. Can you tell us something about this mission?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because we, uh, when we we started to to write our uh, impact on environment and society, uh, we started to to link uh, the the direct and indirect link between bees and all the SDGs. And uh, yeah, some were very easy and direct. So, for instance, the SDGs on the, the, the well being uh, and the SDG on life on earth. Uh, and um, yeah, But other, like the SDG on sustainable cities and communities. But on others, we, we made some research and uh, yeah, we found that there were like some incredible links that we have even, even not thought about. And uh, yeah, for instance, quality education, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, like with bees, you can uh, learn a lot of things, not, not just about the bees and the animals itself, but about the, the air quality, for instance. So in this case, it touches uh, the, that SDG, uh, the climate change, for the same reason, because it, uh, it becomes a, uh, a tool to analyze the air quality. So really, um, yeah, we found that basically, uh, we found some official researches that were testifying that bees were correlated to 15 out of the 17 SDGs. So we we say, okay, this is uh, too amazing to not uh, put it on our website because everybody should know.
1: (laughs) That's true. I'm shocked. And it goes back to what I said at the beginning of this episode, that bees aren't very important.
0: <laughs> <Exactly>.
1: <laughs> but you're talking about okay, and and clean water and sanitation as well. That's something that people wouldn't expect. Yeah, How do they contribute yeah, exactly. to clean water and sanitation?
2: Yeah, exactly. Because with the with the pollination activities of bees, uh, besides the food that we already discussed about, so the zero anger, uh, actually they pollinate also a lot of other plants and flowers that indirectly they contribute to keep the the whole ground and uh, the, the whole ecosystem healthy and so consequently with a healthy ground earth uh, there is also unhealthy um, water uh, inside the earth so yeah on, on these things uh, really we we even didn't know to be honest because sure. <laughs> there has been a lot of researches on this and it was uh, just uh, incredible to to find out uh, also about this
1: That's- Truly remarkable. Yeah, I certainly would have never known any, at least half of this is stuff that I would have never considered beyond the very basics. That's, it's, it's really amazing. Um, so what would your goal be then? Every house, every apartment has a B box. What, how do we solve this thing?
2: Yeah, yeah, more than every house, more than quantity, let's say we, we are more focused on quality. So uh, of course, we would like our like urban beekeeping community to to grow and expand way more than uh, it's now. So to accelerate the business a lot, but yeah, as we said, it for us it's really important to uh, to make people aware of, of of the bees and aware of their role. So that's why we're also focusing so much on uh, education and, and training. So, but yeah, for in terms of like environmental impact, for sure. Uh, what would be very valuable is for people to 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 keep bees in a healthy environment and to know how to keep them, and uh, to and but also another action that someone can do besides keeping like a beehive, a bee box, is also like small gestures like promote and eat and consume organic honey, local honey from responsible beekeeping, or to plant. Uh, uh, be friendly flowers. So there are like so many things that everyone can do in their everyday life, everyday. That's um, yeah. We think we think that it's worth to to spread the word.
1: <laughs> I agree, and I'll do my part. Um, and I I'm going now. You've got an aspirational beekeeper here. Now I'm gonna try oh, to do yes. this. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I like the idea. It's it fits you know with with what I like to do in general. I mean I I get my produce from a farm. There's what we call a CSA box. I don't know what you would call it there, but community-supported agriculture. There's a local farm in my area, so they send me a box of produce every week. I actually interviewed the woman who created this uh, many episodes ago, but that's great because I get farm directly to me, no shipping, nothing like that. But if there's another component that all of us can do, like we can get honey for ourselves or we can maybe grow food in our backyard and maybe the bees can help pollinate the food that we grow. Is that reasonable too? Yeah. So it all yeah, yeah. fits in, then we're all getting healthier, we're helping the environment, which is okay. stuff that I really love.
2: Small gestures matter.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. I think it's a really, really cool mission. I'm really glad that I was able to talk to you all today. Um, what, what would you say the next, what's the next goal? What's the next five years, what would you wanna do?
3: I think we can um, we can grow as a company um, and maybe be able to uh, increase the quality of our product. Uh, also, every day find a new way to talk to people, to meet uh, new people, and, um, and make it
2: more more accessible, more accessible. And also right. to moving from yeah, just from honeybees, we would like to move and focus more on pollinators in general.
1: Yeah. So that that's great and why do you think people want to steal these boxes are, are they valuable why does that why do people steal?
3: no usually we use the anti- theft system just for the traditional hive so it's a way to help a professional beekeeper with uh, their traditional hive
1: but is that a big problem somebody comes in and steals yeah your yeah
3: hive? it's really a big problem
1: so why what why do the they value. want
3: yeah, because, you know, because um, raising bees is not easy. So when you find um, it's, um, you also need a lot of knowledge uh, for all the topics we already discussed, uh, uh, climate change, chemical. And so, yeah, we are in a big crisis for for bees. So uh, a lot of beekeepers and a lot of other people lose their bees. So, yeah, you know, sometimes somebody thinks it's an easy... And a uh, good way to stole uh, somebody else's uh, bees, but uh, mm. of course it's not and uh, so
1: yeah,
2: and and the value is not just the, the the beehive or the swarm itself, it's the whole honey uh, uh, a production capability of the swarm. So when you steal uh, a beehive, you not just steal like the wood and the bees, but also all the honey that they are they have collected up until that time and the, the honey that they are able to to deposit uh, in the, the following months So it has a big value. It all comes
1: back to that sweet, sweet honey. That's what it's all about. <laughs> That's where the world works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, great. Well, Roberta, on the business side, this has been so excellent. On the business side, what would you say for advice to people who have an idea? Maybe they want to change something. They want to create a product. They want to create a startup. Now that you've kind of done all of that, what advice do you have to somebody who maybe has an idea, but they haven't done anything about it yet?
3: I think that uh, at the end, the only good advice is to just do it. Just, just try. If you really want to, just try. Because uh, at the end, I think the, 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 main, um, the main problem, the main uh, uh, challenge is to... Uh, stop thinking and start. You have just have to decide from where you need to start, and uh, and let's go. Because uh, uh, you you can be yourself. You can be the main uh, problem for your startup if you if you never let go. If you never start, uh, at the end, uh, um, if you want, you really can find. It's not hard to find the money. It's not hard to find. Uh, um if you really believe in the project uh, you can share it uh, just telling uh, to other people for sure you will find somebody that say okay you, you are so happy and you trust the project i i too okay you you convince me i i want to be part of that uh, so it's just about uh, uh, having a dream dream something <laughs> and let's let's do it uh, okay we we are here i think we we really can change uh, Uh, the stuff around us uh, every type uh, of politics business um, environmental we we can change everything it's just up to us uh, to to start doing something and um, it's more difficult to to think about that Uh, I think it's uh, more easy to okay I change my habit I make the I don't know I, I I change my way to collect the the waste. I uh, I I separate plastic from paper. Uh, we we can do everything. I I buy an electric car. I don't know. Let's uh, let's do something.
1: <laughs> Just anything. Uh, anything is better than nothing.
3: Yeah, always.
1: I completely agree. Well, I think it's a truly fascinating story. It's. I'm really glad. Thank you again for taking the time to to catch up Thank with you. me. It's been really amazing. I. I really didn't know when I first found you how amazing it is, but now I know much more. So you're educated. And now you're me. You a
3: beekeeper. That's so
1: right. Oh, no, I'm I'm a future beekeeper in training. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. I promise you I will become a beekeeper. I'm about to move to a place that has a yard, not yet, but in a little bit. And when I do, I will be contacting you shortly. So stay tuned, nice. okay? I, I'm very excited. And if my daughter gets... um stung by the bees i have a three-year-old daughter if she gets stung just know that in the united states we like to sue people very aggressively so i will try to shut down your whole company
3: <laughs> okay <laughs> just kidding.
1: never no i really believe you in never what find
0: you're doing a new brother, yeah, don't worry. i know you'll be
1: fine in italy everything is fine that's the beautiful part about it you'll be okay i will suffer no Uh, I I will definitely do whatever I can to support you on your mission. Um, Now I want to do something. Since I have three of you, I never get to do this, but since I have three of you here, I always like to end the episode where people say, what is the best piece of advice they've ever received? But now I want each of you to say that to end this episode.
0: You first. Me. (laughs) Um, Well, honestly, the best piece of advice is from Roberto, like to just do it. (laughs) <laughs> like that's it <laughs> it was mine oh <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <No. laughs> okay okay one, one down,
1: down.
2: um <laughs> yeah. mm. uh, okay this is not an advice but uh proverb 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 I think. A,
0: pr-
1: a proverb I think, yeah. I think,
2: yeah sure yeah uh, that inspire me is uh when the um the wind blows. Uh, some people build walls, and other build windmills.
1: Wow, I like that. That's great. Okay, Roberto, pressure's all on you now.
0: <laughs> Should have been I, first. <laughs>
1: I, I don't know. Um, to always
3: keep going. Also, when people uh, uh, maybe are not uh, not agree with me, to find a. Uh, Uh, something positive in what they are saying. So always find something positive uh, in uh, also people that not agree with me and not share our idea.
1: Also wise advice. Okay, three good job. Bravo. Very nice. Okay, all good. (laughs) Pressure is off. And the very, very, very final thing now is I want to give you the opportunity to promote whatever you want to promote. So say a little bit about what people can do to support you so you can close this Whatever you want to promote to the people
0: uh, I don't
3: know, just, just uh, visit our website uh, so being.it. Uh, and um, yeah, and
2: uh, th- there will be always like new new products and services and projects, so just stay tuned and make your part if you <laughs> if you feel like doing it.
3: So plant some flower friend be friendly, uh, <laughs> yes. read something about the bees, read something about. Uh, Environmental situation in general.
1: Adopt and, a beehive. Uh, adopt a
3: beehive buy, buy a bee box
1: if
0: you
3: want. If not, no problem. <laughs> and uh, be be part of the community.
1: I love it.
0: The-
1: that sounds that and sounds great.
0: Support local beekeepers.
1: <laughs> support local beekeepers. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that we rescheduled this, Roberto, because now there was a three of you. This was a lot of fun for me. So it's and we got the beehive in the background. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> It totally adds a lot right? of production value you were totally right so it was good to do this um thank you yeah. all again very much Thanks. for taking the time to share your story i really appreciate it thank um, you for the you.
3: opportunity
1: and with that the official part of the podcast is over thank you very much well i'm buzzing that was an incredible episode i had so much fun talking to these three amazing people Needless to say, I'm a tremendous fan of being now, and I can't wait to start on my own journey as an amateur beekeeper. I love the story for so many reasons. It's just incredible. If you've liked it too, if you like the show in general, if you've liked any of the guests that I've had on, please, again, rate the show five stars, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Spotify, on YouTube, find me on Instagram, at the Ross Palmer. Reach out, connect, comment, like, share, Subscribe. And again, most importantly, share these stories with people in your network who might like to hear them and who could benefit from the information contained within. Help me grow this podcast. That's all you can do. I will continue to work hard bringing you this stuff every single week. So thank you for listening. I appreciate you. See you next time.